0: well hello there and welcome back to the show now i just wanted to take a moment and tell you that my heart is so full i am sincerely grateful and honored that you keep showing up for yourself and for these important conversations now i know that you could be doing a million other things and you are here and for that, I am grateful. Now, if this is your first time listening to the Vision Driven Mom podcast, I welcome you to the Vision Driven Mom community. If you haven't already, go check us out at the at, it, it, in the Vision Driven Moms group, Moms with an S, and join us. We will welcome you with open arms. Now, before we get started, I wanted to tell you that I'm putting the finishing touches on the Vision Driven Mom movement. It's been percolating in my mind and in my heart, as you know, and it's making its way into the world. Now, it's all about parenting in your own unique way. It's about creating the childhood you want your kids to experience. It's about being the role model you want your children to see with grace and calm confidence. It's about moving your body and your life forward with a collective of like-minded moms now i'm putting the finishing touches on the first phase of the movement right now and i just can't wait to share it with you in the meantime be on the lookout for the announcement now if you haven't already download the vibe care toolkit at vibecaretoolkit.com that will get you on my email list and you'll be the first to know about all the goodness that's yet to come I am proud and honored to welcome back our next guest. Dr. Cam is in the hose. She's here for an anniversary interview. She was one of their very first guests on the Vision Driven Mom podcast a little over a year ago, and you are going to love this episode. Now, Cameron, Dr. Cam Caswell, PhD, the teen translator, is an adolescent psychologist, family success coach, host of the Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam podcast and Parenting Teens Power Hour. And she's the author of Power Phrases for Parents, Teen Edition. For over a decade, she's been helping parents build strong, positive relationships with their teens through improved communication, connection, and understanding using her prime parenting framework. Dr. Cam is the mom of a teen, too, so she not only talks the talk, she walks the walk. Now, this episode, Dr. Cam is the teen translator, right? But this episode is for mom's in all phases of motherhood. I know that you are going to, um, there are so many gold nuggets in this episode. You know, I think you might want to get a pen and paper. (laughs) Um, She always has so many gold nuggets to offer. I hope you enjoy this conversation just as much as I did. This is the Vision Driven Mom Podcast, and I'm your host, Tracy Nolan Bierman. For moms, by moms who believe that anything is possible, even in the midst of motherhood. Each week, you'll hear firsthand relatable stories from moms that have journeyed through motherhood from fear, loss, and heartbreak to healing, empowerment, and success. Motherhood is truly the journey of a lifetime. So let's enjoy the ride together. And Dr. Cam is in the house. Dr. Cam, it is so fantastic to have you back. <laughs> it's been a year. It's been it's quite been a year.
1: year. Wow. Yes. That, I know. how time flies. Yes, it's and wonderful it, to see you, Tracy. Yeah, you too.
0: Now, I know, now, so it's been a year, but I would love for you to um, tell our listeners a little bit about your journey And you could talk about what's happening because I know you have, you you've grown leaps and bounds as well in the past year. So anything that you would like to, to share with us about your journey and, and, and
1: what you're up to now? Yeah. So. I mean, I'm doing the family coaching on a regular basis. I now have a live group that I go in with. We have a group coaching program that is, Sweet. we're ending up, we're just ending up another another group, which is phenomenal. And I love working with, it's parents, and I love working mm-hmm. with parents in a group dynamic because a lot of parents are hesitant to do that. But once they get in there, they find out, oh my gosh, everyone's dealing with the same stuff I'm dealing with. Um, And we encourage and we push and we, I just see more transformation in the group format than I do on one on ones It's phenomenal. It is, it's just, and people feel empowered with it. So I'm super excited about that. And then my latest thing, which is really recent, um, is I'm now um, co-founder of a company called The Thriving School Community. Mm. And me and my and the co founder, my partner, Charlie Peck, we are now working with schools, going into school districts and really um, changing things from the inside out. So we work with the staff, we work with the parents, and we work with the students so that we're creating an entire culture that supports mental health um, oh, rather than like, here's a class, here's a this. It's like we are completely changing the fabric of how they interact with one another. So we're super excited about that and actually finding a solution that works.
0: That is fantastic. That is fantastic. And I love, I mean, we, we know that it's not just the school, it's not just the parents, like it's not just the kid, right? It's the whole, it's everyone that going back to that It takes a village to raise a child. That is how we were. That's what human beings are. We are meant to be in community with others. We are not meant to be
1: isolated. We are not meant to parents on our own. Absolutely not. No. And there's become this culture, and it's out of it's out of frustration and fear. But there's been become this culture of finger pointing, where parents are pointing at the schools. The schools are messing up. They're their problem. Schools are pointing at the parents. Everyone's pointing down to the students and not involving the students. And so we're just created this culture where everyone, like you said, feels like they're doing it on their own, but not only at their own, despite all the other players in the game that are making it harder for them. So our goal is let's get everyone on the same team since we are all going for the same goal, right? We right. want everyone to be emotionally healthful, healthy, we want our kids to succeed. Let's all get on the same page, speak the same language, mm-hmm. look at it from the same point of view and work together to create right. this healthier environment. And that's what we're that's what we're there to do. I love that. And this is so, so this is the first
0: I've heard of that. It's brand it, new brand new okay that's why it's brand new so so right now are you you're in you're in dc maryland yeah i'm in northern
1: virginia Mm -hmm. okay and my my partner is in kentucky um we have actually never met in person we Mm -hmm. have been working together for over a year we have very similar passions and we just kept coming together we both wanted to solve the same problem. She comes from a teacher lens. She was mm-hmm. a teacher and a social worker. I come from the parenting clinical lens, nice. but we were trying right. to solve the same problem. And so we're coming together to solve it.
0: I love that. I love that. So what is your, what is your vision? And this is where I'm kind of taking a little detour. I but am I'm really interested in this because this is it. I mean, this is what, and, 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 and interesting that it happened. I mean, you know, funny, not funny that it happens now as we're still in the midst, you know, it's like the underlying pandemic still, yes. right. I yes. really believe that that, I mean, that's how you and I met Yes. is through a pandemic. That's exactly and, right. That I really believe that it has unearthed the things that need to be fixed, you know, and it's difficult and it's yeah. hard but what I mean, the, the the what can come out of all this is absolutely beautiful.
1: I, I will say uh, when I first started this a little over two years ago or about two years ago, I would go knocking on the doors of parents, not literally, but, you know, on the right. doors of schools, on the doors of parents saying, hey, I have I want to help with teen mental health. And it was kind of a yeah, yeah, yeah. Now they're coming to me going, right. oh, my God, we need to have we work. Need need mental health. This is such a big right. issue. It's always been a big issue. We just right. more, we were never quite it wasn't in our face quite as yes. much. We haven't seen the repercussions as much because all of a sudden now we go, oh my gosh, our kids are not equipped to manage and handle something this drastic. And right. so they were put under a pressure test and realized mm-hmm. that they were breaking. Yeah. Um, it wasn't because of the pandemic, the pandemic just really highlighted it the underlying it up, issues. It opened right? up the underlying issues that have always been there. Um, and so now we're going in saying, okay, now that you recognize this issue and you re- have now moved it from not even on your priority list to the top of your priority list, yeah. um we're going to come in and help you and we want right. to we want to help you do this and it requires involving we call them the three pillars it requires involving all three pillars we mm-hmm. have to have the staff not just teachers the whole staff engaged we have right. to have the parents and the caregivers engaged and we have to bring in the students this is not about what how do we act upon our students is how do we act and include our students and that's a big missing piece of well-being and mental health is that students feel excluded from their own well-being and unheard and so we're doing this guessing game of what do they need rather than saying hey what do you need Um, right and that's what I do every single day I work with teenagers I hear from them what they need Mm -hmm. and it is I I now when I meet with a new teen um even a new parent too, I can almost predict, this is this is how common these things are. I can almost predict what they're going to say. Yeah. And right. why? Right. Because they're experiencing the same problem. So, if everyone, if such a great number of people are experiencing the same problem, I believe that's the problem we need to solve. Yes, and exactly. And that's what we're doing. We go, we see the problem so clearly. Let's right. solve it.
0: Right, right. Well, can you tell us a little bit about what you're seeing? What are you hearing yes. from them?
1: Yeah. So a lot of it is this, this, from a staff perspective, they're extremely burnout and overwhelmed. Oh, the yeah. pressure that they're having on them now, they can't even, they don't have enough resources. They don't have enough support. They feel like they're on constant, they're just inundated mm-hmm. with people that need help without having the resources and tools to actually help them the way they need or want to help them, right? Right. So they're just in the state of like, I'm in this because I wanna help, but I feel like I'm doing it with my hands tied behind my back. Mm, And so we need to free that up. We need to get them all together. We need to give them the resources and the tools that they need. Mm -hmm. Um, From the parent's perspective, they are seeing their kids struggling and they don't know what to do to help them. Yep. And so they are a lot of them are turning to the schools for help. But the schools, as we just said, are over overwhelmed. They're looking for mental health support. Mental health support system is overwhelmed, overwhelmed and overtaxed yeah. right now. Um, And the key is the parents actually are the most have the most influence on their kids' mental health. Yes. So they're looking for outside support and outside solutions. When in fact, if I, if we can help, I say I, cause that's what I do, but if we can help them have the tools to Mm. actually help their own teens with their mental health. And a lot of it is just how we engage with them. The words that we use, how we show up so much of that, we tweak it has immense change. And I'm seeing this over and over and over again, as I'm working with parents and we work from with them, We work with how they're showing up and all of a sudden they're coming back going, oh my God, I've been trying to change my child. All of a sudden I change me and my child follows suit. Right, right. Because so much of what they're doing is reaction. I hear from students over Mm. and over again to the point where I can almost, I can predict it is I'm not heard. No one understands me. I am so stressed out and nobody believes me. And no matter what I do, it's not the right thing. All I do is Mm. get in trouble. And I just don't even every day is the same difficult day. And I don't want to get out of bed in the morning because I can't do it anymore. I hear this Mm -hmm. and they just they are stuck and they don't have the perspective we have as adults to know that, yeah, this sucks. This is really difficult for a lot of people. We're going to get through it, and we've been through it. They haven't. They right. haven't been through this and come out the other end. They don't know. And so yeah. many kids are ta- are really resorting to desperate measures right now to mm-hmm. find a way out because they don't yeah. believe there's a way out. And no one's hearing them or validating how much pain it is. We're trying to say, oh, it's going to be better. Oh, it's okay. Oh, it's not that bad. Right. This doesn't solve it for them. This doesn't help them. They just go, well, then something's wrong with me, because if you're saying it's okay, then I must be broken. So I'm just going to I'm done Mm. and I'm hearing this so much. And the last people they want to tell are their parents. They don't want to disappoint them. They don't want to worry them. They don't feel like they'll believe them. They don't feel comfortable going to counselors and the people there waiting to help them. They don't know them. They don't trust them. They don't feel like they have a valid point. They feel like more people need them than I do. So I'm just going to suffer in silence. Mm -hmm, And so this is where I'm seeing it broken. We all want the same thing. None of us believe that anybody else is there to support us. (sighs) And so we just need to open those doors up and give people the tools.
0: That's a lot, Doctor Cam. That is a lot. a lot. That's a lot of need. I mean, I it think we knew, we knew that a year ago, right? We knew we that did. a year ago, but now we really know that in this, it, it's it's that it's uh that there's a core, there's a big core problem. We have been seeing this. My kids are in middle school, and we have been seeing this um, exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, and um, and I have. I've been listening to you. <laughs> and as hard as it is, especially as a coach, right? Because I want to help. I want to help my kids. Yeah. I have learned you, I think you talk about the 80-20, the 80% listening mm-hmm. and the 20%, 20% talking. Yeah. That is brilliant and it and it's so hard for us sometimes because we want to like you said we can tell them all day that this is just a blip and it's you know things are going to be different things are actually going to come out better in the end which is really hard to see when you haven't been through anything like this before yeah but that that listening that you were talking about you know that that um that listening to what do you need and i've also found with my daughter especially that if i you know, nighttime, yeah, I'm sure that you that you find this with your with your um, with your parents and your teens, but nighttime, bedtime. When I slow down enough to just like lay on my daughter's bed and my son, too, they want to talk
1: yes. and
0: just in silence, just like lay there if they'll let me if I'm yeah. invited. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but that they will listen and that and then I can then I have more information, you yeah. know, then I it's not just me telling them. So I yeah. love what you're doing. And so what is your what is your what is your vision for are you are you um where
1: are you working?
0: What districts what are you are you So we're
1: working with a district in California right now, mm-hmm. um, okay. which we're really excited about and we're reaching out to several others. And this it it really um the whole thing is and what we've seen is we see a lot of um, like solutions that are like, here, teach this to your teachers to teach to them. Right. Mm, and it's right. just like, here's more stuff that the teachers they don't have, to have the do. time
0: or the, capacity they don't have to do the that.
1: time and right. we're not seeing the positive impact because we're still having the same problems over and over again. And so schools are going, OK, let me get all these solutions. The solutions don't work together. The solutions aren't oh, really right. they're solving little pieces of it. So what we're doing is we're actually going into schools and saying, okay, we know you have a lot of data already that shows where the polls are, but you don't know what to do with the data. Mm -hmm. You already have purchased a lot of solutions, but you don't know how they all work together and they're all kind of disparate. So we're gonna come in, we're gonna look at your data, we'll collect some more if we need to, and we're gonna say, here is your baseline, where do we wanna go and how do we get there? So we're gonna tell Mm -hmm. you, here's not only the data, but what, what are we gonna do with this data? How right. are we going to use this to improve things? What do you already have in place? Where are your mm-hmm. strengths already? What's working for you? We're not going to come right. and just override what's working. What's working for you? Okay, how can we build this into a better program? And the right. whole program is based off of relationship building. Mm-hmm. It's just right. like these core competencies of how do we relate? It's listening. It's empathy. It's problem solving. It's collaborative it's collaboration it's decision it's all of these things that are now going to be woven into every day it's not like okay school today we're going to learn about you know how to bullying and what not right no this is about how do i connect with my students how Mm -hmm. do i build that trust so that when they feel like they need to be heard they feel heard how right. do we teach kids how to communicate to adults in a way that they can ab- they're can they able to self-advocate and be understood? Mm-hmm. How do we create the sense of empathy and this feeling of being seen? How do we right. create that in just the everyday life? So this is about creating a culture that's built on relationships and respect and trust. Mm-hmm. And there there's the things that are taught. They can be learned, but we just do it throughout by constantly creating, but building and building on these same core competencies so that they become so ingrained, they just become natural. Right, They become part of the everyday. And because teachers and parents and students are all learning the same thing, now all of a sudden they're speaking the same language. They're Mm. working towards the same goal in the same way. And so it's really about transforming it from a systemic level, not just a... Band-Aid to add on top of what's already going on. Right. Right. I love that. And as a, as a former teacher,
0: um, and a parent, um, and, and with my kids in, in, um, in middle school now, and I see, I see the, I see the attempts that you were talking about and they're beautiful attempts. Right. But yeah. we don't, we don't, we are unable to integrate when we learn something, you know, maybe you know a really fantastic um, uh, seminar or something but we d- we were unable to bring that in and so mm-hmm. that every you know i don't i don't ever see it where everybody's coming in Correct. you know where everybody and they're all beautiful attempts but i absolutely love what you're doing love 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 so excited <laughs> for you and for us as a yeah. nation you know that i mean it, that's how it starts just that you know the the um the uh, the solution to a problem that's exactly That's
1: it. what we're trying to do because, and like you said, we're coming from it from the perspective of we are the people we're helping. Yeah. We're helping us. What do right. we need? And so we're yeah. taking it from that perspective of, and what's realistic? What yes. actually helps? Because we know people don't need more. Nobody needs more to do. Nobody. Right. Right. Um, we are so overwhelmed. So how. For more we, information. Oh, my gosh. We don't. <laughs> we are so, so, right. Over information. We are. And then how to integrate it. So this is all right. about it's actually skill building, not information. Mm-hmm. And nice. it's about integration into our right. everyday lives, not an additional thing to do. It's just right. how we do what we're already doing. I love that. I love it because I, I took a complete detour. We did.
0: <laughs> But I, but I absolutely, but I love that. I love what you're doing, and I didn't know. And um, that is super. I actually have a client who was, um, who wanted to do something similar, but more with um, with uh, with the autistic community and kind of helping the, the, the parents, the teachers, the the uh, the staff, the the um, the, uh, the students all understanding inclusion and differences and all of that stuff. So I, um, I, I can say I have an example of the very thing that you are envisioning. I right? love it. Yes. I mean, in a, in a different way, but I love to yeah. point people to look, look what she's doing. She's yeah. doing something and, and it's, it may not be exactly, but it's possible, right? Yes. It yeah. And it's an example of possibility. Okay. so. Let's, um, I would love for you to share with, um, with our listeners. We talked about the reasons that teams break down. And I think this is really important as we're learning, as you're, you know, as you're, you're, you're creating this, um, this, uh, this beautiful, um, uh, environment. I mean, that's what you're doing, right? Yeah what, how can we help our, our, our teens and, and see the signs, what, 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 happens when they break down and how can we help them?
1: Yeah. And, and Tracy, this is, a this is, this is an example of the types of things we're bringing in, right? It's like mm-hmm. clarity. Right. So I, I've really narrowed it down after working with teenagers for about two decades now, mm-hmm. um, and listening to them and talking with them and, Working with parents, I've really narrowed it down to four key reasons that teens Mm -hmm. actually are breaking down. And I I look at behaviors. Often we look at the we try to address behaviors. I don't like your attitude. You need to be more motivated. not cleaning up your room we look at behaviors and the way i see it is that behaviors are symptoms of an underlying Mm. problem and so i explain it as you're driving your car and your engine light comes on in your dashboard Mm -hmm. when you take it to the auto mechanic do you ask them to fix the light on your dashboard Mm. or do you say hey there's an indicator that my engine needs help right if Mm -hmm. we fix the light if we turn the light off without fixing the engine it's going to come right back on the second we start driving home because we haven't fixed why it's there this is what happens when we try to address behaviors and they keep popping up why because we haven't fixed why they're there we Mm, haven't addressed that when we fix the engine and whatever that whatever was wrong with that the light goes off right it's no longer needed When we fix the underlying problem that's going on with our kids, the behavior disappears because it's no longer needed. Right. So when we look at it from this perspective, and so what I do is I say, here's a lot of the indicators to look for. What are the, what's the underlying reason? And that's why I say there's four key things to really look for that I have seen over and over again. And it's usually not one, it's usually a combination. Mm. But the first one is weak, what I call weak breaks. And this is understanding brain development. And so when we understand brain development, we we now know, and I think a lot of it's fairly common knowledge now, but that the brain goes through a second growth spurt during adolescence and it right. grows unevenly. And so what's happening is really the way, best way for to explain it is that it is now primed to create new connections. And so we're able to do a lot of things because we've practiced it. Um, And we've done it over and over again, and it's become easy for us. Our kids are just learning how to do this. And this Mm. includes regulating emotions, problem solving, conflict resolution, empathy. Like these are things that aren't quite hardwired yet or don't have those connections. And we get upset with them because they are not able to do them yet, but they're learning. So we have to remember that the processing, those connections are not, they're not on a, it's not a highway. It's not a fast, it's a dirt road. They're gonna go slower. It's gonna take more time to get there. They're gonna veer off, right? So we need to help them. So when I say week breaks, we need to give them time to stop. Mm -hmm. And when we come in and we add our own emotions onto it, and we're triggering Mm -hmm. that fight or flight response, we're triggering those emotions, we're not only, making it we're we're telling them to stop while we're pushing the gas pedal right. basically. Oh so, yeah. Right? So we're adding more and more and more and there and we're making it harder and harder for them to actually succeed. And so we really want to think about okay, how am I gonna set my child up to succeed here? Mm -hmm. And yes, we get triggered all the time. We're tired, we're overwhelmed, we're just frustrated. We've told them 4 million times to do the same thing. The problem is if we've told them the same thing 4 million times, it's not them, it's the way we're telling them.
0: It's the delivery, right? Let's
1: not keep saying the same thing over and over again. It's not processing. It's not helping them. So let's figure out how do we do it a different way? How do we set them up? And how do we give them that space to slow down Mm -hmm. without adding to it? The second one is the empty tank. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: we also hear this as relationship currency, um, but it's really, how is our relationship with them right now? Mm -hmm. And one thing I've seen, especially when our kids become teenagers is, we get into this pattern of correction. Right. And it's, right. it's because we want to make sure we're setting them up to succeed. We want them to live into their full potential. We don't want people to think our kids were raised in a barn. We want to yeah. teach them manners. We want to teach them to help, but we try to pound it into them and force them into it, which humans don't work that way. None of us like to be told what to do, right? right. It just doesn't work that way. But we also become, get in this spiral of negativity. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden our kids, all they hear is negative. And there's science that studies that have shown that the negative input we get is a lot more salient than the positive. So it sticks with us. And you need at least four positive interactions to counter one negative interaction. And if you look at your interactions with your kids, my guess is they're far more negative than positive, which puts your kids at an enormous deficit. Mm -hmm. and that is your connection. That's how they view the world. And so these kids are coming to me going, I can't do anything right. Mm. Nothing. Why even bother? It doesn't matter. They're looking for things that I do wrong. In a way we are because we're correcting those and we're not giving them the positive feedback. So when we stop doing that and we start going, how am I filling up my kids tank? How Mm. am I making sure that I have that connection? There's the, the now adage that's adage that's like no correction correct you can't correct without the connection right connection mm, before right. correction and i think we kind of do the correction and forget that and then un, are like why won't my kids talk to me why are they so disconnected from me well we've created that disconnection Yep. All kids want to be connected with their parents, but we we have severed that, not them. And so when we start focusing on how do we connect with our kids, how do we fill up their tank? And there's so many different ways to fill up their tank. And you already brought up the number one, listening. I teach that right. age. Listen, listen. Fastest way. And listening means not talking. <laughs> thank you. Yes, exactly. You.
0: There is Listening. Yes, not, there's it means a, there's a difference between. Areas. Oh, I listened. Like, yeah, that, yeah. and and just, and sometimes it's so hard, and you're like, oh my gosh, I really could help her make this better, but zip, and what? and I'm finding that 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 more comes out when I'm quiet. Yes, and then when I do talk, I'm asking questions. Yes, thank you.
1: You taught me this, right? <laughs> yes, and now let's go back to the whole processing week breaks part. When we ask a question, we tend to jump in before we've given them time to even process what we've asked. We That's get the right. shoulder shrugged. We get the eye roll. We get the I don't know because they're filling in that space knowing we're going to jump in because they haven't had time to think of it yet. And yeah. when we never give them time, the opportunity to think of it, we roll right over it. They're not developing that ability to think about mm, it.
0: They're right. not getting That's any better at That's a problem solving we were just talking about. Yes. Yeah.
1: We got to give them time to go slow and learn so they eventually, they can develop those skills. And when we jump in to help, I'm putting that in air quotes, when we jump in to help, we're actually taking away, we're denying them the opportunity to actually develop it for themselves.
0: Yeah. And the interesting thing is that we do what we do out of love. We do. And we don't
1: realize that we are. 100%.
0: That we are, we're actually doing more harm than good, and it's and heartbreaking. It know?
1: is, and and Tracy, I say this so many times because nothing I I ever say. I mean, I I like to get to the point because I want to make sure it's really clear. But I'm not about making people feel bad about what they've done so far. Oh yeah, everyone right, is right. doing the very best they know with what they know. We've been doing it this way. The conventional parenting strategies we've used have been around for decades upon decades. Right. Yes, we just exactly. know now the outcome of them. And we yeah. know there's better ways. Thanks to brain science. Thanks to a lot more research with we now know what works better and that there's other there's just other solutions.
0: Right. And
1: so right. now that we know there's other solutions, now we can change. We can start right. changing moving forward nothing about what we've done and it's never too late to change but now that you know there's other ways now you can start doing it so i just want yeah. to make that really clear too um, yeah that's perfect because we don't want to beat ourselves up no about, you know no, no, any no. of it because that's no. not that's
0: not helpful either
1: <laughs> no we're all doing it for the right reasons and we're all trying mm. our very very best um the the third reason is the low battery and i think we we kind of forget this with our kids but Low battery, I really think about you can kind of think about it as that dopamine, um, the motivation, whatever it is. But the teens level baseline of dopamine, which is that feel-good, that reward chemical, right? That that mm-hmm. kind of motivates us to do what's difficult, their baseline's lower than ours is as an adult, which means they Thank even you. need okay. more, they even need even more of that positive that, and which is why they love. They're risk takers, why they love mm. video games and TikTok? I mean, we do too, but man, those shots of dopamine feel great. And they need a right. lot more than we do to do the things that are really difficult. And guess what's mm-hmm. really difficult? Homework going yeah, to school, school work, right? doing All stuff of that. that's boring. And so when we yep. go and we get mad at them and we yell at them and we tell them, I'm going to take your phone away or you can't mm. go out with your friends until you do this, we're taking away the very things that are the only things that are going to give them shots of dopamine oh, while we're that decreasing is so and, and we're shooting, the filling their brain with cortisol, which is mm-hmm. absolutely the opposite of it because we're stressing mm. them out, we're getting angry, we're raising that fight or flight. So once again, as we're trying to motivate them, and I'm going to put, I'm doing a lot of air quotes today. I don't know why I, I usually <laughs> don't do that, but motivation, when we try to motivate our kids, let's get real. We are trying to basically make them do what we want them to do. Right. That's not motivation. That's making mm. them do what we want them to do. Okay. And then humans don't work that way. What we want to do is we want to find what their internal, intrinsic motivation is, what their passions are, what motivates them. And we then leverage that. We then use that, not against them, but as a way to say, okay, my kid loves video games. Great. Then what do they learn? How, what are they learning through video Mm. games? How do we right. use video games to help them develop the skills they want to do? How do we use video games to f- connect with them? Let's use it to right. talk with them. Let's have them teach us. How do we use what they are already motivated to do? Because our kids mm. have a lot of motivation. Let's. Yeah. We cannot say kids are lazy. They are not yeah. lazy. Sorry. When they want to do something, they are the most motivated, passionate, energetic people on the earth, right? Right. right. Far more than we are. They're not motivated to do the boring tasks that hurt their brain, that they don't have the battery, their charged battery to do. Right. So how do we charge their battery? And only then can they do the stuff that's really difficult.
0: Mm, um, that is so good.
1: And then the final thing is poor directions. And this is communication. Mm. This is communication. And I, like I said earlier, if you've told your kids to the same thing 40 times, Let's look at how you're trying to communicate that to your kid, right? Because they're not getting it. No child wants to get in trouble. All kids want the approval and acceptance and to feel good from their parents. They do not know what the heck we want. We assume (laughs) they know a lot more than we do. They assume that a clean room is as important to them as it is to us. And it means the same to them than it is to us. It doesn't. They could care less. Um, It's not a thing on them. Like, why is it important to us that their rooms are clean? Why? Right? So let's think about that. Um, So, and I'm saying this as a person that had to let it go myself because I like my place neat, and my child's room is now her room is her room. I shut the door. I don't go in there because when I do, it makes my whole, like, I just, yeah, I get it. But we also are learning, you know what? That sprawl can't happen in the rest of the house. And so here's the expectations in the house. And what? don't get mad at her for that because that's Mm -hmm. not how she lives. I help her and say, hey, it would be great if you could take your shoes up. I'm going to put them on the stairs so you remember. Please take them up because she's doing it for me, not for her. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So I can't get mad at her for not doing something that's important to me. Um, right, right and and being aware of that and also knowing that we also need to be considerate of what's important to them yeah. right because we're modeling that um so it's really the directions of how am i explaining this and am i giving it to them in a way that's setting them up to succeed and my favorite way to do this is really by making value-based decisions. And I work with Mm. parents, and I think we've done this, Tracy. It's about like defining your top five values. What's important, Mm -hmm. really important to you? Because when we ask our children to make a decision based on, is that the right thing to do? And that's how we're communicating, right? Do the right thing. What
0: the heck is the right thing? They don't know the right thing. Yeah, right. I mean, the right right. thing can
1: change day to day. The right thing can change out. It can change if I'm at my mom's house versus my dad. Is that the kind thing to do? Yeah. Was that the healthiest choice you could make? Now we've got something that's foundational. And if they do something and they say, yes, that was the kindest of thing you could I could do. And you're thinking, I don't know about that. We're not getting mad at them. We're going, well, let's redefine what kind means. Mm, right. What is right. that? What does it feel like? We also need to take into account that our values when they become teenagers are not going to be automatically their values yeah they're now figuring it out for themselves and that's good we're they're, they're now critically they're thinking critically they're thinking they've got much more input and that they're taking in and, and they're able to now connect the dots to a lot more things so they're right. not trying to figure out what values mean to them so let's help them define their values right. i make decisions based off their values i i absolutely love that. And I think one of the most
0: powerful experiences that I have, or, or um, not experiences, but um, uh, exercises that I have ever done, I did it about six, seven years ago with my coach, I, um, I defined my core values. Mm-hmm. I had never done that before. So I was making decisions based on, I don't know whose core values, not mine. So that's why I was feeling wonky. So I love that, and that we're helping
1: them to identify them, right? I yes. think that's brilliant. Well, and the way the way that this happens is now we're empowering them to make good choices, which is all right. we ever want them to do. And I think even as adults, and no, I mean I hadn't done that until I was like, oh, parents, wait, parents need to do this. I'm a parent. I need to do this, right? Right. So it's right. Like, so we've so our. We now have the core values in our family, which mm-hmm. are really just digging down to how am I making my decisions? And yeah. a lot of them we already were making value based, but they weren't clear what those values are. But right. they also helped me go, why am I making this decision? Because this isn't really aligned to any of my values. Well, it's because I'm worried about what other people are going to think. Right. We do so, that. Oh, That's self awareness, yeah. right? Oh. we do that a lot. Is my yeah. value making everyone else happy? Mm. No. So why am I making all my decisions on that? Right. So we often, and then that's when we start and we know we're out of alignment with our own values. When we start feeling not good about our decisions, we're exhausted. Mm-hmm. Why are we right. exhausted? Because we're making decisions that aren't supporting what we believe in. We're making decisions based on like what you said, what we feel other people are expecting of us.
0: Yes. And exactly. not what is
1: important to us. And so when we do this to our kids, guess what? They now have the strength to make really mm. good decisions in the face of peer pressure.
0: Right.
1: They now know how to make really good decisions when they're in a situation they've never been in before. Mm. And it's not trying to figure out and guess what would be the right thing. Because right. Or it's because that's what my mother would tell me to do. <laughs> well, and often that's the opposite because they're like, right. well, no matter what I do, my decision making is based on if I'm gonna get in trouble or not. That's where a lot right. of kids are right now. We we've right. we've now narrowed their decision making to am I gonna get in trouble or not? Because that's right. that's the outcome, right? We have so many consequences that it's not about making a good decisions is about avoiding a negative consequence. So am I, I gonna avoid a negative? Well, there's a lot of ways to avoid a negative consequence. I can lie about it. I can yeah. hide it. I can cheat. I can do a lot of different things that mm, it's not what we were trying to accomplish, but in the end game, if their decision-making is based off of, am I gonna get in trouble or not? We're not teaching them good decision-making.
0: Right. Right.
1: I love that. I love that point too. And I, I
0: wasn't really thinking about that, but it's true, right? I did it when I was a kid. Is this decision going to get me in trouble or what can I do to not
1: get caught? (laughs) This is how I was basing my decisions
0: when I was growing
1: up. Yeah. Tracy, let's be clear. This is not a defect in our kids either. Let's realize again that our kids reward system is needed, right? They—they they yes. are, they are. brain is now wired for risk. So if they're in a situation that looks really fun, they're thinking short term. That's the right. way their brain works. They haven't had this long term processing of, ooh, if I do this, here's all the negative outcomes that could happen. No, they're doing this looks really fun right now. That's what I'm focused on right now. Consequences. I'm not, it's not that I'm ignoring the consequences. I'm not even thinking about the consequences. Right. 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 I'm thinking about this. And the more kids involved, the more that looks, the more dopamine I'm getting because now not only am I getting the thrill, but I'm getting the positive feedback from my peers, which is even Mm. more. Right. So when we say, what the heck were you thinking? Well, they were thinking this looks fun. Right. I just disappeared um that's what they were thinking right so there we go so that's so we need to remember that too getting again getting angry at them for making that bad decision does not give them the tools to make a better decision next time
0: right right i i love that i love that and that that the reminder to us when something does come up to you know what i teach is to um to stop take a breath, pause and respond rather than that, you know, you, 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 or, and, and really understanding, and this is, this is something that you have helped me to understand too. I've learned a lot about executive functioning and the brain Mm -hmm. over the past, um, over the past 18 months, um, but that the brain just isn't ready yet. You know, we think like my son is, my son is, he's just about a hair shorter than me at this point. Mm -hmm. So he looks like a big kid. But his brain is not, his brain is not there yet. He's not at the, 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 he's not at the the level that we're at. And I think that is so important for us to remember that they're, and I love also that, that we didn't, I think it's been only in the past 10 years that we understand now that the, the human brain is not fully developed until like 25, right? Right
1: it is and when and i've asked i I actually asked a neuroscientist because i was like i'm not exactly sure what that means when we say our brain's not fully developed Mm -hmm. and our brain is fully developed in terms of it's all the pieces are there what's not fully developed is these connections and these Mm -hmm. complex connections so we haven't either created them yet most of them are created but aren't strong enough yet they're still kind Mm. of temporary and so Mm -hmm. during adolescence our brain goes through this like blossoming where we're creating it's just it is primed to create new connections but it also goes through pruning which means the connections that it doesn't use Mm. we lose Okay. This is why it is so critically important to give our kids the opportunity to problem solve, to decision make, to mm. make mistakes and learn from them because right. they're now developing those connections. And if they if we do it for them, they're develop. they're not developing the ability to do it well. And then they right. go into adulthood and they still are indecisive and don't know how to make problems and are terrified of failing because the message we send when we jump in to save them is it's not okay to fail. So I'm going to do this for you because right. I don't trust you to make a good decision. Oh, and it's all out of love too. Is it to, is. I don't so- want you to
0: fail out of love but it's, it's hard it's out of love but we're doing them a disservice oh we my gosh are. yeah i have learned a lot over the past 18 months and um and thank you for uh, for all of the reminders and your brilliant work i mean this this is the work that you're doing and i love that you that this analogy you know we talked before we got on the um on, on the call that I love a visual, you know mm-hmm. so this analogy of the engine and of the car and what does it need and what is it lacking. I mean, it's brilliant to bring myself back to, okay, well Dr. Cam said, <laughs> you know, where are we? Where are we? Right. Where are we in the engine? Where are we in the car? And how can I use this to you know support my kids in the best way possible. And with grace, right yeah. with grace and compassion, to ourselves, because we are human and we're doing the best that we can, and most of us are trying to re-pattern um, what has been shown us over history. Right? We're trying to do things differently. So, and 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 to just give ourselves some grace and compassion, and our kids too. Like if we yes. could just come come at the whole thing, you know, with the teachers and 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 the um, and our kids and ourselves, compassion and grace and that we're doing the best that we can in this moment. And I'm also learning that it is okay for me to go beep, 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 beep back up and say, Hey, I really messed up on that one. And can we do it again? Can we yes. try it again?
1: Cause that was, that, that was not, that was unskillful on my part. You know, that right there does so many positive things. And I think as parents, we're very, very afraid a lot to show any weakness yeah. to Ever admit we've made a mistake and admitting we've made a mistake is one of the most powerful things we can do because yes. it creates that connection and transparency. It models to our kids that it's okay to make a mistake. It yes. also models to our kids that it's okay to admit to an, a mistake, which we're constantly trying to get our kids to do. But when right. we never do it, why would they do it? Because we've modeled to them that it's not okay to do right, that it right. shows weakness so we're we're asking them to do things that we're not willing to do ourselves mm. so i think it's really looking at that and you know the whole habit thing that's an example of the wiring yeah. it is so much harder for adults to change patterns because we have wired our brain and those connections are so strong so yeah. powerful and our kids are still able. They're a lot more malleable. They can change right. things. They pick up things a lot faster than we do. They can right. change direction a lot faster than we can, and so we can really learn from them,
0: right? Yeah, I think that's a good thing to keep in mind too. That it may be, it may seem like we're a broken record in in trying to, you know, to recreate. I think of it as the, the, the grooves in the mind, right? Like we get in the, we get our minds get in a groove and we need to, but we are, we can shift, we can create new patterns and that, um, and that, you know, we might have to continue to, because of where their brains are and because of patterns, but that it is possible to shift That they can shift, we can shift, we can show them, we can show
1: them the hard stuff. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. (sighs) Yesterday was, um, I guess it was like National Brain T- brain or um, Tongue Twister, National oh. Tongue Twister Day. And I heard a tongue twister that was um, Irish wristwatch, Swiss wristwatch. Irish wristwatch. <laughs> Try saying that, Tracy. Just- Irish wristwatch, Swiss, Swiss, <laughs> Swiss watch. Yeah. <laughs> Irish so, watch Swiss watch. Right? No. It no. is so. So <laughs> let me tell you, when I first tried doing it, I couldn't say at all because those connections were not created at all.
0: Right. And
1: I then came up with the idea of, oh, wait, I'm going to, because I wanted to show this as an example because this is Uh how we rewire our brain. So then I was like, okay, I can't say it at all, which liken that to our kids that don't know how to say things the right, that haven't learned how to do it. Right. Right. And so they're messing up. What would help me learn it? Would getting mad at me and taking my phone away help me learn it better? Mm, No, probably not. Would coming up with a way to associate with something I already had hardwired? Yes. So I started going wrist and I'm holding my wrist watch and I tap my hand arm like a watch. Mm, Irish wrist watch, Swiss wrist watch. And all of a sudden as I did it and now I can say it. Without even stumbling over it, because I wanted to show as an example, th- building those connections, and right. by practicing and associating to something I already knew, I was able to quickly reestablish those connections. Because it's so important to do that tongue twister, but it was yeah. right. But it <laughs> but, was, but, it, yeah. but it's an it, example of how the brain works. And so when we think of our kids, think of it as if they're not able to do of it, do it. Think of it as a tongue twister. They're right. they're oh, tripping well, okay. up because they don't know the pattern yet and they haven't hardwired that. So mm. how can I help them create those connections by associating it with something that they already know?
0: Right, I love that. You're brilliant. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you just brilliant. I
0: have absolutely loved this. <laughs> there are so many gold nuggets in this, Dr. Kim. I mean, this is really brilliant um, and uh, have loved our time together always. Can you tell us about a time in motherhood that felt that when you either accomplished something or achieved something um, or overcame something that felt impossible to begin with?
1: There's so many. I mean, you know, I I think um, and just for your listeners to know, I am a single mom that, Mm -hmm. um, by choice, and I adopted my daughter from Guatemala when she was six months old and I was in my thirties. So Mm -hmm. I made the decision to do this on my own. Um, and doing it on my own, I've never once regretted. Um, it's been that decision I've always made, but it's hard to do because you don't have somebody to bounce it off of. Right. And when you see something going, in a direction you don't want to go, you don't have anyone else to blame either. Right? Um, Oh, yeah. So Right. So it's one of those. But, you know, with my daughter, I've just seen her. um, I think one of my biggest struggles is the grades. Mm. Um, I, growing up straight A student, I mean, let's face it, I got my Ph.D. for fun. I mean, it wasn't that fun, but I did. That's I, I love that I'm an avid reader, my daughter. Is not, she mm. is not, she does not like to read at all, no matter what I, you know, I've done all the things you're supposed to do to make them readers. I've read to her, we have books. I re- she's not a reader. Um, right. she is also not a straight A student. Mm-hmm. And I struggled with that for a while because of how it made me feel as a parent. Did it make me feel like I was not succeeding as a parent because she mm. wasn't getting straight A's? Right. Um. And I was able to finally get over myself and realize mm-hmm. that she has incredible strengths and has some sheer points in her life of genius that are far outweigh where I'd ever be able to do. They right. don't show up as great because yeah. that's not how she learns and that's not what she learns. But her ability to problem solve, to decision, to make decisions, to plan things like her, there's things that she has that are so incredible. And I've learned to really foster that, Mm. support that, build out that, and let go of the things that I've realized in our lives don't matter. They're not measuring anything of importance in who she is. Yeah. And it it was a hurdle for me to get beyond that because I still at times will go, "Oh my gosh, should I be more worried about this?" Mm. Um and when teachers say something to me and I'm like, "I know for a fact that my daughter is doing the best she can. I'm letting her own it. I'm supporting her where she needs it, but she mm. her grades have actually gotten better when I let go and right. let her own it." Right. And they're not straight A's, no, but they're better and she's learning and she takes pride in everything she does because it's mm. her doing it for her, not right. for me.
0: I love that realization. And it's hard, right? Because we, it's a. a, I think for one thing, the patterning of, you know, of grades and the importance of grades, the, the patterning, you know, generations of patterning that you have to be, you have to do it this way, but also that, um, that realization. And it's so interesting I find too that when I back off, then things tend to smooth out out. and not necessarily grades, but other things, you know, when I back off on my, like, why does it have to be that way? And I love earlier how you you brought in the the room, you know, why does she need, why do they need clean rooms? They don't, but I, I love the, the, um, talking about the rest of the home. This is our shared space, right? This needs to be picked up and this, you know, this is how we do it. But, um, but yeah, I love that realization and that, oh my gosh, your daughter is, um, she's amazing. She's just (laughs) such
1: a cool, cool kid. She is a cool kid. I'm going to agree with you on that one. She's a super cool kid. Um, and my job, and I've always said this from the get-go is my job is not to get in the way of her becoming who she is.
0: Mm, Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Dr. Cam, this has been, Amazing. I always love my time with you. Now, can you tell our
1: listeners how they can find you? Oh, super easy. Uh, My podcast, Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. Definitely have to listen to that. uh, Yes. That is twice a week. I do it twice a week um, Mm -hmm. and have different guests and love it. You've been on it. Um, And just my website is Mm askdrcam.com. That's it. And everything you can find with Me, you can find everything on, including the new thing I'm doing for schools, Thriving School Community. There's a link to that from there as well. So everything is right there
0: great great well thank you so much thank you so much for taking the time and to, for helping me celebrate a year of podcasting i mean yay right amazing <laughs> congratulations i know i know thank you well thank you thank you for um for coming back on and sharing your brilliance with us
1: anytime listeners. i love coming on and getting such lovely feedback from you oh, i'll good, take yeah. it i'll take it <laughs> We still all, all need true. it. We it's all need different.
0: it. Right? I know exactly. All right. Thanks so much. Thanks, Bye Tracy. for now. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Vision Driven Mom podcast. Now, if you haven't already, go ahead and download the High Vibe Toolkit. It's a mom's guide for taking yoga off the mat and into your life. You'll learn how to create your own unique toolkit full of tools for raising your vibe quickly and getting yourself out of a funk in record time next time you find yourself in one. Because funk happens, right? you'll learn how to tap into your inner mentor to cultivate more joy more connection and more harmony in your life as you return to your natural high vibe self. You'll raise the vibe in your home as you reclaim your own inner vibe. Now, this is the only guide designed to help moms who want to feel alive, keep their yoga vibe flowing both on and off the mat, no matter what comes next. So download the High Vibe Toolkit at www.highvibetoolkit.com kit.com and reclaim your inner vibe. Anything is possible, even in the midst of motherhood. Goodbye for now.